Hi, I'm KS Garner, and you're listening to the Solo Nerdbird Podcast. Today, I'll be speaking with collaborators behind the graphic novella La Rose in the Catskin, Wells Thompson, and Rachel Dister. Was it Disler? Disler, yeah. But you like whistle. He's silent, yeah. Okay, mm-hmm. Disler. Rachel Disler currently on Kickstarter. Welcome, Wells. Welcome, Rachel. Yeah. Hi. Good to be back. For having me. Well, outside my introduction, who is Wells and Rachel in their own words? Whoever wants to go first. Wells Thompson is a mistake. Uh, <laughs> Damn, all right. Coming out really <laughs> hot here. Jeez. No, uh, I am a uh, comic book writer uh, currently based out of Chicago, Illinois. Uh, I uh, am the part of the creative voice behind uh, Mechaton, uh, Frankenstein the Unconquered, and now uh, The Catskin and the Rose, which is uh, our uh, shared uh, baby. Uh, that we've been uh, work, uh, working on for the last couple of months. Um, yeah, I, I mainly focus on like really character-driven stuff uh, with sort of a wild band for uh, genre. So it, I, I don't have a lot of like easy to pin down. Like I do a lot of science fiction. I do a little bit of everything, mm-hmm. uh, but it's usually uh, really like uh, character-driven and uh, uh, some literary influence kind of stuff that is usually in the realm of comics. Rachel? Um, so I guess if I had to describe myself somehow, um, well, I would generally describe myself as like a generalist when I, um, was like growing up and reading about like, oh, how do you make comics? How do you do whatever? A lot of the books I read really emphasize like having some knowledge of doing all of it. Um, And originally, at least when I was a kid up into a teenager, I was mostly writing, Um, but I really, you know, didn't want to have to um, go through like this process of like having to, I guess, explain how I wanted something to look. So I I was always kind of drawing concurrently. I'm sorry, my cats are fighting in the background. Um, Oh Lord. So pretty much I decided to focus more on the artistic aspect of like assembling books and and going to art college. But um, I've always been very interested uh, still in like the narrative aspect of, um, you know, like as well as saying like storytelling and world building and character driven, um, like sort of angles and trying to translate that like into the art. So when I try to work, like that's primarily what I'm thinking about. So I, you know, kind of find myself, even though I draw more often, especially these days, uh, find myself sort of like in the split. And I think of myself as like kind of a translator of comics, if that makes sense. Like how do I translate mm-hmm. what the script is, is supposed to look like? What's it supposed to feel like? What sort of mood is it trying to give you? That kind of thing. In how... Very well, importantly, I will say, uh, Rachel is also in a Weezer cover band. That yes, I am. Yeah. <laughs> That's cool. You might see guitar headstocks back there, actually. Uh, well, I was going to ask, like, how difficult or easy or, like, how have you been able to manage doing that throughout however long you've been doing it? Like, I'm pretty sure it was hard in the beginning, but how has it been throughout your career to be able to be that, you know, quote unquote, translator of comics as an artist? 
Oh, sorry. Your, um, I, I think it's my internet. It might be because I'm high up. There was a little bit of, of clipping. I'm sorry. Could you say that again? Well, that's fine. So I guess, as you put it, you're like a translator of comics work as an artist. So how has it been like being able to do that throughout your career? Because I'm pretty sure it was hard in the beginning, right? Trying mm -hmm. to like understand what people are asking of you or like trying to understand their writing. But now you've been doing it so many times, like has it been getting has it gotten easier is it just because you've gotten better at it or maybe the people you're working with understand their own writing more mm -hmm. I, I think the experience like of course it helps a lot um and just you know being able to have the time like being older and taking time to um go through more um you know more media and seeing like you know, what works, whether it be like, you know, the framing in a movie or, you know, like an animation or another comic book or even just like a novel. And, um, you know, a lot of times I actually try to translate um, like lyrics and things from like music. Um, when I started out, uh, I would say my, my, worst, um, my worst time trying to figure out how to do anything was paneling. Um, I didn't really understand what made them work, like why, um, you know, artists and writers like took these very deliberate, you know, um, selections in the way that they're plotting out a page or why are they laying out a, you know, certain panel flow some way. Um, I just was just like, oh, it's supposed to be splashy and cool. Um, but uh, I mean, everybody says this, but it's true, <laughs> you know, reading you know, making comics and understanding comics by like Scott McCloud helped immensely. Like, um, I think the most influential bit that got me to really start thinking about paneling was like maybe two things. There's this, uh, it might even, this might be discussed in like Will Eisner's. It's been so long since like I, I looked at these. It was either making comics for this one or one of the Will Eisner books talking about how like the story happens in between the gutters um and that's, so that that's got mcleod for sure uh, okay yeah there we go so it's just like yeah another another mcleod gem um and just sort of understanding like that made me think about like the unsaid things happening in between the panels and not having to like just draw out every little moment like it's okay so, like so much of the story happens in between the gutters that like are not being told um and the other thing that i really loved was um it was just like when Scott McCloud uh, showed this whole, it was like this gag, you know, as it usually is where like he's sort of stringing along um, like word balloons as rope, you know, you're just like following the rope along and he's just like, how does time function in a, um, like a comic panel? Like, how do we, how do we understand time as a comic panel? And that really made me think about just like, how how do we like express time in like a non-moving medium? Uh, that's what got me interested in thinking about like taking music and breaking it down into like panels. Like, does this fit like a tempo? Does this fit like a bridge or a fill? You know, like those things are very time-based. Comics is very time-based. And so I think by taking, you know, a thing that I really didn't understand and try to merge it with something else I'm interested in and like taking a very specific angle, just sort of hammering away at it. It got me a lot more comfortable um, doing like storytelling and paneling and pacing, uh, but it also gave me like a framework to consider other mediums, like how do they lay these things out? Um, 
you know, how do, how do I, again, translate that into what I'm doing? So like, absolutely, it's gotten a lot easier because I've made a lot of crap, but uh, I've slowly figured it out. And I, I would say that, you know, some people might even in, enjoy how it turns out now. <laughs> that's, that's kind of funny. Uh, as a weird quirk in that, I, I actually, uh, my background was in like screenwriting and, and film. So when I started first doing comics, it, I had like the same issue with like, how do panels work? Mm -hmm. So I was very used to that kind of fluid motion and, and being able to, to sort of tell the story in motion and be able to lean on like, well, an actor is going to interpret what this motion is. I don't need to spell out what it is. And then <laughs> my first scripts as a result were just like nonsense. And I had to like really break that and learn how to, okay, mm -hmm. like what does a panel do and why do I need to, to plan it out this rigorously? Mm -hmm. so. so what I'm saying is I'm glad we found each other at this point in our careers <laughs> where, where, where we don't have to be like, how does this work? I don't know. We'll figure, hopefully we'll figure yeah, it out. Yeah, we'll just wing it and just hope for the best. Well, I guess when you, like as well as when you're working with artists and then Rachel, when you're working with writers or just like with other collaborators, what's something that you wish they would tell you or could express, you know, more I guess fluently in a way that makes sense to you as an artist that you feel like you know has been an issue in a past maybe once or like multiple times just like working collaboratively like with a writer yeah like with a writer and you feel like man I wish they would do they would express this to me in a way that it, it makes more sense kind of like they don't really know what they want in a oh way. yeah so, <laughs> One of the, I, I would say like generally everybody I've worked with so far has been pretty easy for me to like ask follow-up questions and be like, what do you want here? But one of the most recurring things that um, baffles me and it's happened, you know, among like different writers and I, I understand like how it happens is when I get like those panels where it's like, I want to show the whole stadium, but I also really want to hone in on what the football players are doing down there. <laughs> and there's something happening on the street out there. And I'm like, this is one panel. I like, how do I frame this? Like, what do you want? There's like seven panels already on this page. Do you want me to break this up? Do you want to move it over there? And sometimes I'm a little freaked out to ask, cause I'm like, am I not thinking about this the right way? Like, is there a way to do this? But Usually more often than not, I, I elect to do like some sort of inset where I'm like, that thing happening on the street is stupid and we're not even going to look at that. Um, <laughs> and I'm going to give you these thumbnails and I'm just going to hope that you give me the thumbs up on that and that it's fine. <laughs> but that is like something that kind of happens a lot. Um, it, like I would say like the most prevalently when it's like, you do understand that like, I have to draw this. Like this isn't something... <laughs> if that exists in, in the realm of like description anymore like I have to make this like a physical thing you can look at um and not make it look like soup so <laughs> that would be like one of my number one recurring things is just having to sit down and be like look I <laughs> I don't know what you want from me yeah no one action per page that's that's pretty standard <laughs> one action per care I would say one action per like character per page and really no you know, 
narrow the amount of, of characters you're really focusing on per panel. Yeah, it's, it's like if you if you give me a whole page to do this, <laughs> I could probably figure yeah. out some creative way to do it. But again, this has to share space with six other panels. So yeah. it's like I you're giving me like three inches of space to For put sure. in this whole thing. I, and I'm a, looking at it like a Rubik's cube and I'm just like, how do I yeah. how do as I a, do that? As a freelance editor, uh, I've I've run into the problem of just like, okay, well, this is nice. This is a nice thought. Uh, but you see how much dialogue is already on the page, and you see how we're already <laughs> on panel twelve. Mm -hmm. Maybe let's have a page break somewhere. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, uh from from the other side, from the writing side, I've I've been pretty lucky for the most part uh with uh with with working with artists they, they tend to be very good at interpreting uh my prose i don't know if that's me being very clear in what i'm asking for or if it's uh just working with really talented people or both uh either way uh it's been very good i'd say like uh i i'm always like extremely forward with like if you have an idea that for how this could work better or if you are confused in any way please just tell me and i will as as quickly as i can let you know um yeah mo creatively I, I feel really lucky with the people that i've worked with i'd say the the biggest thing like uh the biggest frustration collaboratively is has nothing to do with the creative stuff it's usually like you know, timing, the fact that everyone else is working, like, other jobs to support this, and, like, we don't always have all, deadlines are hard to meet, especially when it's all freelance and stuff, uh, you know, and, and communicating uh, those kind of external needs with people can sometimes be frustrating, but uh, at the end of the day, we're all in this together, and so it's, it just takes the, the moment to be like, okay, well, let's adjust mm -hmm. and see what we can make happen. Yeah. Yeah. Coming coming together as like a, a unified collaborative team is always like the key thing. That's what always makes like the best books, like working really closely. Mm -hmm. So just like as long as you get like as long as I could talk to you about that panel problem, it's going to yeah. be, okay. you know, <laughs> for sure. All right. So let's back up a little bit. Um, the rose in the cat skin. Cat skin. What, the rose. Am I? It's, you got it so good cat skin in the rose um mm -hmm. graphic novella what is it about and how did you like all like how did everyone get involved in this in this project uh yeah this is this was an interesting one for me because uh i i've done i did like several things that i've never done before in writing this um it was originally uh, uh like about a year year and a half ago uh a book called uh short wit in the company of women uh put out a uh call for short stories that was just like women with swords go uh and i was like what would i do with that that's in I, like that's that sounds like a fun premise for an anthology i don't know if i have an idea for that and then i was like well what if like these two women were like fighting and could could you can could you like make them fall in love during the fight and I was like, that's interesting. I like that. Um, and I was I was about to submit it as, as a story, but there, there were a couple things that stopped me. Um, but it just like kind of stayed in my brain for a little while. Um, and I 
eventually was just like, I have to do something with this. So before I wrote anything, I actually reached out to Rachel and was like, hey, would you be interested in, here's kind of the basic premise. Uh, would you be interested in, in drawing this book? And she was like, yes. <laughs> as, as I recall, it was an immediate, absolutely yes. Like absolutely. Abs <laughs> so I was just like, look, the, the, it's women, they're fighting with swords, they fall in love. And then there's like princess bride romance shenanigans. Yeah, what's not to like? And you were just like, yes. Every, yeah. You had me at Sword Lesbians. Let's go. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> and so uh, then I started writing the script. And in about five days, I wrote initially a 64-page script and then then out to 68 pages, which I guess to, an to, to go back and answer the first question, The Catskin and the Rose is a, uh, a fantasy adventure romance uh, about these two very highly skilled uh, swordswomen who enter a tournament, uh, the grand prize of which is marrying into the royal family. So it's a way for them to escape poverty and, and uh, elevate their status. It's also really high stakes because it's a tournament to the death. They do not survive their rounds. Um, so, and during this, this finalist fight, whoever wins is going to marry the prince, uh, who is a huge prick, by the way. Uh, but... <laughs> As they're doing it, they discover, like, they start to get a little bit of respect for each other. They start to recognize uh, each other's skill and, and uh, recognize that there's something there. And uh, feelings develop, uh, intimacy occurs, and uh, we have a big mess on our hands. Uh, it's a lot of fun. It feel, or it's, it's tropey, I feel like, in all the right ways. And... Uh, it's uh, built around these two very strong, very fun characters, Iselda and Camille, uh, who, yeah, are, are <laughs> feisty and uh, full of life and, uh, and very fighty with each other. Um, yeah, no, so we, we sort of uh, came together on, on the, the sort of unified, like, wouldn't this be a fun idea? And out of that, we built this really interesting story and uh and uh Rachel brought this like really incredible art style and uh and setting and and uh set dressing and and character to it that I am completely obsessed with I love it <laughs> <laughs> oh shucks well I I really glommed onto the script I think just because I really liked the interplay between like the two main characters and for God knows why nobody yet has asked me to do like a fantasy sword lesbian story with <laughs> like two kissy characters. Like I, that's like, that's like what lives rent free in my mind all the time. <laughs> I'm like, any day now, somebody will just send me the email and the email came. It finally happened. Hey. So yeah, I'm trying to kind of go, I'm kind of going box to the wall a little bit um when it comes to like trying to get the set dressing um appropriate because it's like you know when we think fantasy we usually you know think like medieval europe or something but it's very much like more like desert more like central asia more like yeah like Byzantine you know or yeah like towards that sort of um area and that sort of style and uh really like who we kind of consider like your usual like medieval European fencers, the outsider. So I was like, okay, I like this inversion. 
I like that I'm going to be drawing something that's like not just big gray castles and <laughs> you know that kind of thing where it's like I love that but you know what if we added a little bit of spice a mm. little bit of something a little zhuzh it up um so it was like the combination of just like two very likable characters uh, a twist when it comes to like what is really kind of also happening at the backstory of like this tournament uh, there's some like very interesting side characters there's of course the environment and I think it, it all it all wraps itself up together in a neat little bow so yeah. it's just like oh yeah there's like a tasty morsel for me here mm, what's over in this one Ooh, it's caramel filling delicious this is like a little box of, a little box of bonbons for me so I was like yes I will draw the box of bonbons <laughs> um I'm, I'm I'm down to clown and then you know we got um Skylar Patridge and we got like Bellhound to do like some covers and my like eyes were just like just glossing over like the the screen directly I they still do I can't get enough of it uh so I was just like you know just putting in my money even though like I'm not paying for it but like I'm just like slowly just sort of Lifting it out there yeah mm-hmm. it was also born out of uh at least for me i've i've been working on you know a bunch of different series and uh you know mechaton i love mechaton it is it just got done with its first arc i've been working on it for like two years uh the end is not in sight <laughs> uh frankenstein the unconquered the same thing two issues are out uh, three and four are coming out later this year, but like it is the end is far, far away. And for me, I was just like, I want to write something and I want to finish it. I want the story to be done. I don't want to have to go back to it if I don't want to. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I really wanted to write that. And then to my horror, uh, at by the time we get to the end of uh, the book, I'm just like, well, this is the juiciest setup for a sequel I've ever written. So... <laughs> Uh, if it's Uh-oh. successful enough, we just might have to come back to it. But at the very, I'm one of the things I am proud of is that like it's a complete story. It is almost seventy pages, and we start, we meet everyone, and if it ends there, it ends there, and that's fine. Mm-hmm. All right, I was. I know you said you had to go. Can we discuss the rewards um, for backers first before? Um... For sure, I can. I can stay for another 10, 15 minutes, maybe. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, um... Do you want to do you do you want to do the rewards first or do we you can do, do we can do rewards first? yeah so yeah, we're yeah. we're uh we've got two different covers on this thing uh as as uh Rachel pointed out uh one by Fellhelm that's our standard uh edition one by uh Skylar Patridge which is our uh, uh special edition so we have as always we have a digital copy uh for people who uh don't want to pay for shipping or just want to uh get for you know as little investment as possible get the story uh we have our standard edition print uh which comes in at uh 25 dollars uh the what do you, the digital is 15 uh print is 25 uh we have the uh, special edition which is going to come with uh back matter uh and probably a page breakdown probably some kind of uh, uh script breakdown uh the character uh pages are going to be in there and if we hit our uh stretch goals we're going to add some mini comics to that one as well um that one is 40 
uh, we've got a uh, virgin cover of that uh, that we're doing on hollow uh, foil uh, chrome. Uh, that one's going to be 60. So same thing. It's a deluxe edition, but it just looks extra beautiful with Skylar Patridge's art on there. Um, and then we have our uh, everything tier, which is uh, all three uh, copies of the book, uh, as well as the enamel pin uh, and two stickers that we're selling with this uh, book, uh, which we also have all of my uh, previous work uh, that we're selling on here, including like Mechaton, Frankenstein, the Unconquered, by Visibility 1 and 2, uh, and uh, my two uh, uh, horror anthologies that I've worked on, Sent into Dread and From the Static. Uh, we also might still have a digital commission available. Yeah, we have one dig digital commission available. Hopefully that's not gone by the time this airs. Uh, so if you want to get a, uh, what, a, a character commission made by uh, Rachel, that is available. Uh, for the time being. I, I do want to add and like a just a little implore message here. Uh, so even though it's a little high up in the like, um, what is it even called? Like the stretch goals. Mm -hmm. um, I, I really like, I just personally, I just for my like own spiritual <laughs> fulfillment, I, I need to see um tango and rio burton make like their side comics like i i need it <laughs> i you know I, i'm kind of like stuck in this patch 22 like especially like having seen like tango do that like sketch of the queen and of course i know what's going on but you know people who are back <laughs> they don't they haven't read the ding dang thing it's like well you know what just trust me when i say this you want the side story you do. because like when you get the book and if like we do not have that side story you're gonna want the side story you're like you're, you just are um and you're gonna be very upset if we mm -hmm. don't have that i'm going to be really upset i'm probably only like gonna be posting how upset i am about it <laughs> for the rest of time thank you for I'm funding the book why did you not Give us. Well, like you should have done it. You had your chance. <laughs> you had, you your, had chance. your chance. You have to tell anybody around you who reads comics, please, please, <laughs> I need to read this. I'm gonna be so upset. Don't it's be very good content. Me. It's very good content. I'm I'm really excited about uh yeah these two stories. So it's so for our stretch goals, we've got uh, one at uh, twelve thousand. That the goal is the original goal is ten thousand. So the first one is at twelve thousand. You get a copy of Fellhounds. Do you believe in an afterlife? We also have a new sticker uh, that comes available for purchase. Uh, at fifteen thousand, all physical backers will get a uh, postcard-sized uh, comic front and back with uh, a comic that Rachel and I worked on before we did this, which is a. Uh, arcane fan comic about uh the characters caitlin and vi being uh cute in a bar um and at twenty thousand, uh we put in a three-page mini comic uh by tango called the queen uh which is about one of the side characters in the catskin and the rose mm -hmm. as well as a poster from uh it, from extremely talented artist angela Wu. um yeah i'm also gonna die if we don't get that i'm gonna be like correct. yeah so don't like, kill I'm Rachel. gonna be like, this is this is where I would put my poster of the cat and the one. rose by Angela Wu if I had one. I'm gonna be so <laughs> upset about it. 
I'm upset thinking of like that this could not happen. I'll just I'm gonna take it really personally. It's gotta. It's gotta. Um, and then uh, the uh, at twenty seven fifty. Uh, the beach episode. We get five more pages. Another. I'm gonna uh, need that. Yeah, <laughs> it's a good one too. It's great. Uh, Rio Burton is drawing that one. She is incredible. Uh, she yeah, just like most, outstanding. Yeah. I'm just. I'm gonna be. I'm gonna be. Most upset. recently, yeah. Most recently was on what As of the Barbs, uh, which is a yeah comic that recently destroyed Kickstarter. Um, and then uh, at thirty five thousand dollars, I don't have much else to give you guys, but I will physically alter my body with a tattoo. <laughs> I mean, you know, for 35k, definitely worth it. Yeah, if we get that much, I I will 100% alter my body. <laughs> Look, you, you know, you get you kicking a little extra there. I'll go get one. It'll be great. <laughs> I'll do it. You know, if it's if it's covered, absolutely. Get a big chest piece, because that means I'll have like the side comics. That's how appreciative I'll be. Yeah. Um, well, where can um, listeners find you guys? And I mean, are there any other projects that you wanted to to mention? You want to plug in bef- before we end our interview today? Rachel, oh. I know you have the Nightcrawlers. <laughs> yes, I do have the Nightcrawlers. So that one is like my very first, like all interiors by me, um, published by Ablaze. It's like a young adult, like middle readers. Um, really more middle readers uh book about it. like if you think about you know, basically the goonies you know you have like a group of kids and you know all kinds of mysterious things like happen in the neighborhood so like they together um at this like orphanage you know a little mystery there um they go and of course like solve these sort of paranormal cases and this very first one is about a boy who discovers his uh parents are, are werewolves and just kind of builds like the first arc of the Nightcrawlers. There's like a, you know, an old character that comes out of the past a little bit more about like the caretaker um, and owner of like the orphanage and his family. Uh, lots of like seated little mysteries there. Um, and I just took a look at the, uh, well, like the previews uh, of the PDF about to go to print actually. And I'm very, I'm very pleased. So <laughs> I hope people come pick it up. It's um, coming out like in September. So it's like hitting right before like Halloween, like get that vibe going. Um, so like check it out. Um, and I have, there There will be a lot of things happening. Um, you know, in the future, I'll be doing a story uh, with my usual ride or die, uh, Brent Fisher. And we'll be doing something like at Dauntless uh, later this year um but like right now i'm working on just like the most pitches anybody's ever seen uh because i have like a sick and twisted addiction to working on books hey uh yeah for me uh i've got uh frankenstein the unconquered which is uh three issues three and four will be uh running on kickstarter later this year I've got uh, Mechaton. Uh, issue one is in stores now. Uh, the first trade will be going to stores later this year, hopefully. I, I'm not going to promise that, actually. I don't know the exact date, but it should be coming out soon. Um, we just completed issue five. We just sent off the uh, completed artwork to Scout. So 
uh, it is in their capable hands now. Uh, and then uh, at some point, as uh, listeners will be familiar with on this show, uh, we did uh, we we attempted to fund depths. We are going to relaunch that later this year as well. So keep that. Hell yeah! I, I that book is very beautiful. So I want to see it come back, and yeah. I'm happy to hear that it is coming back. Yeah, no, it's it's an incredible. It's a really incredible book. It's just a very like big book. <laughs> that we it, 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 yeah, when I saw like you showed me, I think some of the covers. I was like, oh damn! And then I saw the Kickstarter, and then I saw the page count. I was like, oh damn! So <laughs> I wasn't surprised. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It, it's it's a big undertaking, but we're really excited to tackle it. So, mm-hmm. absolutely. And you can find me on Twitter at Wells Thomp for as long as that hellish website is still around. Same handle for Blue Sky. Uh, and yeah, that's that's re- uh, and and then uh, WellsThompson.com. You can uh, find um, links to my work as well as my uh, uh, newsletter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm, I'm Red Tie Bear basically everywhere. Just Twitter, Blue Sky, Instagram. My website's like redtiebear.com. Very, very easy to remember. It's just the one thing, so. Where does Red Tie Bear come from? I've always wanted to ask. So it's, it's a little bit of a conglomeration of things. So I went to a all-girls Catholic school when I was a kid. And, um, you know, we had like red blazers and like these dress up shirts and stuff. And I just always enjoyed ties. So I was the only one who wore like a tie with my uniform. I don't think you were supposed to, but nobody stopped me. Mm-hmm. Maybe somebody said something once, but I was like, yeah, I'm calling your bluff. And I <laughs> wore it until I graduated. So um, that sort of became something I was associated with. And then um, bears are just kind of like, there's like, my thing, I love bears. Um, and so I've also sort of like, I like mascot characters a lot. So like, even though I'm trying to give, you know, actual pictures of myself for like books and things, if I could just slide somebody just like a, like a very chicken nuggety shaped bear with a red tie on it, I feel like that would be enough to say that to me. So, so <laughs> like, this is me, Rachel Disler, and like, red tie bear that's aspirational me like I just want to be a chicken nugget shaped kind of like a grimace shaped mascot bear with like a red tie and just be like oh that's that's Rachel that's the real one cool all right well again I want to thank the cleverest behind the catskin and the rose Will Thompson and Rachel Disler for joining us here today to discuss their graphic novella currently on Kickstarter all of Wells and Rachel's socials alongside the Kickstarter will be listed in this episode's details for those who aren't interested. Again, I am K.S. Garner, and you've been listening to the Solo Nurbic Podcast. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks. <laughs>